Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb the Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to wiseeyesmartcam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Wise Eye presents Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. I'm finally in the studio with Redbone and Wayne. Uh, feels good to be back in the studio, gentlemen. Yeah, you have to use your GPS to find us. <laughs> I've been gone no. working. He called his Uber, so I Uber. picked him up. Yeah, that's my Uber over here. Yeah, yeah. He's Wayne the Uber uh, lock. Yeah. Wayne is the Uber driver. Yeah. So anyway, hey, speaking of GPS. Uh oh. Speaking of GPS, remember when we uh, way back in the day when we decided to go to uh, Huntington, <laughs> Kentucky, <laughs> Eastern Kentucky on the on the, on the youth turkey hunt. Yep. And Alex says, everybody get in the trucks. We had, yeah. like, we had like eight trucks full of people, turkey hunters and guides going to guide. It was in Tennessee. It was a Tennessee yeah, hunting for t- cure. Yeah, hunting in Tennessee. And we're going to go to Tennessee. Follow me. I've got this Garmin. Yeah, Garmin GPS. I got this Garmin. So we take off. And, and first we had to go by uh, and pick up a truck yeah. over, over in southeast Missouri. And so we start following Alex, who's following the GPS. And it took us on gravel roads. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> we, we, wait, wait, you heard the best of it. We, we, we almost hit some cows in a pasture. Yeah. And we finally, we, we come around the corner, and there was the Mississippi River. <laughs> and a ferry. And a ferry that had not been in operation for about 50 years. <laughs> the GPS, the Garmin took us to an old ferry crossing on the Mississippi River. It was dated oh to God. 1975, goodness. I think, the GPS. <laughs> now, that's, that's a story. <laughs> Thank goodness that the yeah. GPS has come a long way. We had to yeah. go all well, one, one of the guys goes, I got to get me one of them garments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they thought it been fun. Anyway, thank you for joining the show, everybody. We're live on Facebook, too, right now, talking about... Uh, our topic our topic is going to be smallmouth river fishing in the Ozarks, and we've got some great information for you. We want to make mention of several events that's going on uh, as we speak this coming weekend. We're recording Thursday evening. Uh, this coming weekend, the Current River Smallmouth Association is having the first annual tournament at Van Buren, Missouri. It is a two-person tournament. Uh, you pay your membership. I believe it's $60 each. Entry fee is $50 a piece. And Big Bass is $25. How are they making any money if there's only two persons in the tournament? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's from Ohio. And I got good friends in Ohio that's smart, but he's one of the bad ones. <laughs> but anyway. He's from Eastern Ohio. Eastern Ohio. Northern Ohio. Oh, no. North- Cleveland. Northern. Anyway. 
Smallmouth fishing in the Ozarks, Current River Smallmouth Association, we encourage everybody to support Current River Smallmouth. It's the oldest club here in the Ozarks on the Current River. Uh, if you want more information, go to their Facebook page. You can ask questions to their board members who are Aaron Nicholson, uh, Randy Sullivan, Doug Warren, Dwayne Neal, and Doc. So that's who you ask questions to. We want to support them. Also want to make mention on June the 10th, our first annual River Masters Elite Series Tournament is going to be held in Van Buren, Missouri also the following weekend. Tournament hours are from 7 o'clock to 4 o'clock p.m. You fish it by yourself. And we've got over 16, 17 sponsors right now sponsoring the event. You fish it by yourself, $100 membership, $100 entry fee, 100% payback to every tournament to the top five. Uh, I want to thank uh, Ozark Awards and West Plains for doing our trophies. And they are also a sponsor of River Masters Elite Series. River Masters Elite Series is a group of like-minded men that are Christians that want to give and lead a great example to our communities for our youth. Uh, we're going to be speaking at churches, schools, everything promoting fishing in the outdoors to kids. That's our whole mission statement is to help our communities become the best in their communities and teach kids about God's creation. That being said, again, our topic, smallmouth fishing on the rivers in the Ozarks. And I must tell you all, it's as bad of an addiction as turkey hunting and hunting a rut, Wayne. <laughs> it is. I'm, I know for a fact, because I used to love uh, tournament fishing up in Ohio. And, uh, boy, especially when you got them going strong and the fish are doing good, there's nothing beats it. Nothing exactly. Now, Redbone, you like to smallmouth fish too. And you I fish do like smallmouth fish. You know, and, and but I prefer the smaller creeks and the wade. That's cool. The wade that is and cool. smallmouth fish. Yeah. I mean, uh, I remember back in the days of the uh, brown and orange Mister Twister down here, <laughs> running through there. There's the Warm Fork Creek. Oh yeah. And go up on the upper end of the Warm Fork is yeah. water never gets over about waist high. Yeah. And you can you can wade and just catch those smallies in the currents, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's it, yeah. And I do it every once in a while. I get out this, you know, now can't find brown and orange Mr. Twisters anymore. Yeah, they're hard they to find. They don't make them. But, yeah. but anyway, anything that looks like a crawdad, you'll catch those smallies on the, on the small creeks. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about the current river. That's where these tournaments are being held. The current river forms in the southeastern portion of the Ozarks of Missouri. It becomes a seventh order stream as it flows southeasterly out of the Ozarks into the northeastern Arkansas where it becomes a tributary of the Black River, which is a tributary of the White River, a tributary of the Mississippi River. The current river is approximately 184 miles long and drains about 2,641 square miles of land, mostly in Missouri, and a small portion of land in northeastern Arkansas. Do you know that, Wayne Redbone? I did. I actually know that, uh, that the current river, 138 miles of it are in Missouri. Exactly. And 40 miles of it are in Arkansas. So. Whether you are you're an Arkansas fisherman or you're a Missouri fisherman, you got lots of good water to fish in. Yes, you do. We're going to talk more about Current River. Our guest is Rick York of Arkansas, born and raised in Donovan, Missouri. He's going to talk with us about river fishing in the Ozarks. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, don't go away. We'll be right back with more of American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex. Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. 
Wishing on some love I've been on a big board For a while like a load him in the back of my truck We can take it to a holler Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys. You ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits. Buckgrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactating doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer herd use buck grits across the creek up a big old hill year after year hornady ammunition presents welcome back to american roots outdoors again your host alex rutledge along with my director's uh, Wayne Locke and Redbone Mike Christ. And as promised, we got a special guest calling in with us. And our topic again is smallmouth river fishing in the Ozarks. And this guy right here is a legend of himself. He's, he's very modest. He don't like to be called a legend. But him and his old partner, Kenny Hunt, won as many trophies, Wayne, Redbone, as anybody in the country. It's Mr. Rick York. He lives in Cherokee Village. Welcome to the show, Rick. You're welcome. Yep. So what's Rick been doing today? You're welcome. Uh, still working on my house, trying to get things going. <laughs> yeah, trying to get it going. He's been doing some carpenter work. So how many years have you been fishing the rivers here in the Ozarks? Oh, gosh, ever since I was old enough to hold a rod and reel. Five years old. I'm 63 now, so long time. Many years, many years. I know you can tell us some stories, but I want to give some more information about the current river. And I know you know most of this, but the the headwaters of the current river are nearly 900 feet above sea level, while the mouth of the river lies around 285 feet above sea level. The basin drains a rural area that is dominated by karst topography underlain by dolomite and sandstone bedrock with a small area of igneous rock southeast of Emmons, Missouri. The annual daily mean discharge of the river near Donovan, Missouri, where you was born, Rick, is yes. 2,815 cubic feet per second. In 1964, over 134 miles of the upper course of the river and its tributaries were federally protected as the Ozark National Scenic Riverways, the first national park in America to protect a river system. That's some history for everybody. I did not know that. That's did cool. you know that, Rick? Yes, Rick I remember knew that. when that was done. Yeah. Back in those days, remember, it was a big deal. It was kind of uh, an emotional time for a lot of the farmers because they uh, had to sell their farmland. Yes, they had to move <coughs> some cabins back from the edges of the river and some of their farmland, like they couldn't cattle and stuff, you know, had to stay back from the river so many feet. Yeah. So, Rick, what is some of your fondest memories of river fishing? We want to educate and entertain our listeners. What's some of the fondest memories that you can share with people that you think would amuse that? Excuse me, would amuse them that you can remember way back? Can you remember your first smallmouth trip? Oh gosh, I, I no, not really. I remember some of my fondest ones were uh, we used to stay in a cabin up on the river, uh, up there with Kenny and them. And we used to have the old long 
26 foot wood boats, 24 foot wood boats. And just, um, you know, dad load all four of us boys in the boat, go fishing. Just one throwing right behind the other. And you couldn't throw next to the bank until you could throw good enough not to hang up in the trees. Uh-huh. You had to fish the middle of the river. Yeah. So, so you guys never had trolling motors back in those days. So what did oh, you no, do we, when you hung up your paddle. lure? No, it was, it was paddle by hand, boat paddle by hand. Everything's just, still can do that to these days yeah that's pretty neat so do you remember your very first smallmouth can you remember it to this day uh how big it was uh, i can remember my first first one probably over two pounds or so i can remember that one caught it on a black and blue jig black and blue jig do you remember what hole of water uh yeah right there just uh right straight across from Mabry bay on a little on a little fast shoal. Excuse me. I can remember exactly where it was. Well, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool, Redbone. Yeah, Rick. Do do you, do you ever go right right back to that very same spot? Oh yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, I fished that, fish that spot here again, and still kept good fish out of that area. Yeah, isn't it amazing how even as a kid, if you found the honey hole today, you can still go there and still catch fish. Yes. Oh yes. Yes, it is. It is. It's just like hunting big deer. There's just certain areas big deer like to hang around, and it's 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 amazing how just areas will hold this good fish or certain fish or always have fish. It's just amazing. Yeah, there was a, a couple lakes in uh, Bree, Ohio, that I used to fish: uh, uh, Wallace Lake and uh, Coe Lake. And uh, both those lakes, if you, as a kid, I remember Excuse catching me. some pretty nice you know, largemouth out of certain spots. And years later, I took my kids there when they were little and took them right back to those same spots when I was a kid. And sure enough, we pulled out some really nice largemouth out of that exact spots. But you're right. As long as nothing changes the topography of the lake, generally they're going to keep holding fish in that same spot. Yeah, I I remember, you know, uh, where where a particular log lays or where a particular big rock is Mm -hmm. in, in, in the creek or in the river. And it's anytime you go, you go, hey, just, just motor over to this. There's a log under there. There's, there's a big rock over here. There's a series of big rocks right up around this corner. Let's go up there. Well, I always catch fish. Yeah. And you always catch fish. It's just amazing. Once once an area holds fish, it always holds fish. And we didn't have a Garmin back then to mark these areas. <laughs> we, we had to go by the sun, the stars, and, you know, you hope that they didn't cut any trees down because you can always say, hey, I remember by that old oak tree that was over the river yeah. or, you know, overhanging over the lake. Just past that is where we need. Yeah, to you go. remember the old. You remember the old. Uh, the old tree had the rope swing hanging out of right, it. Right, exactly from yeah. 1965. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. I still get a kick out of uh, Alex saying that, uh, uh, Rick. That you, you know, you you try not to bring a lot of acknowledgement and that you know to you and your success and stuff like that. But yet every time I see a video posted with you in it you in the background you're playing that song by sam tennis you know uh this is how legends are made <laughs> and i'm like i thought he's not supposed to be drawing himself you know some yeah. attention here <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's we, we uh it's just, it's, just getaway. You know, it's my getaway yep it's just, it's just getaway yeah i uh I'm going to share some of my first stories. I remember smallmouth fishing, and it was in the Ozarks. Before we go to a break, we'll take a second. Uh, fishing with my older brother, Larry Rutledge, 
I remember him taking me, and we'll never forget, we fished a place called Loader Ford, and we was wading across the creek and uh, the swift water, and I fell down. I wasn't like three years old, and I thought I was going to drown. But we was catching in smallmouth on the Jacks Fork River using minners and crawl, uh, uh, night crawlers. But those great memories. Hey, we're going to go to a break. We come back. We're going to share some more knowledge with you about river fishing and uh, some of our stories. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Tippin, and you're listening to my old buddy, Alex Rutledge, with American Roots Outdoors and Good Friends. And my old pair of hunting boots passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart. So you never gotta worry. Hey guys, it's food plot planting time here in the Ozarks and all across the country. What are you planting this year, Wayne? I'm gonna put some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover. You're gonna wait, put wait, some wait, extra wait. clover in it. What? Smorgasbord? What is smorgasbord? Man, it is a variety of annuals and perennials that'll get you through fall time, winter time, and all the way into spring. It's awesome. You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord has everything. Your deer will love it. Eagleseed.com. American Roots. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Again, we are in the studio. I haven't been in the studio in about a month and a half, I think. Been quite a while. Been gone on the road. Water turkey season. Called in a lot of turkeys. Uh, a lot of them didn't get shot. Several did get shot. And great memories were made. We're talking about smallmouth fishing in the Ozark streams in the Missouri Ozarks and northern Arkansas. And again, our guest is Rick York. Rick York is from Cherokee Village, Arkansas. Born and raised in Donovan. He shared his stories of his first smallmouth and some of the memories. It's pretty cool, Wayne Redbone, talking about his first bass on a black and blue jig. Yeah, uh, Rick, I would like uh, to ask a question here. Growing up in Donovan and fishing like the Current River, and I'm sure you probably fished the 11 Point and, and uh, uh, you know, Jack's Fork, all, all the rivers of southeast Missouri, maybe even over into the Black or whatever. But uh, when you moved to Arkansas in Cherokee Village, did you find that it was different fishing Spring River or South Fork or even Orion the Lakes in Cherokee? And the, yeah, especially Spring River. There's just uh, too many waterfalls. You can't go nowhere. <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I didn't know that was such a deal. I was uh, got here and was really disappointed about that. <laughs> but, boy, if you do find a hole down on the lower spring... Oh, you know, down yeah, around Inboden, down that area, well, you, can, you can get some you big fish. go about two miles one direction and about a mile the other, and then you have to find another place to put in. <laughs> yeah, Unless you want to scrape a boat over a bunch of rocks. To our, to our listeners, real quick, uh, if you was to give advice to anybody that's listening that's never fished Current River, what advice would you have for them? Mm, um... Probably try to find somebody that either guides or somebody that you would know, family member or something that fishes the river. Uh, have them take you. Um, you can do a canoe trip, float, you know, like for Big Springs. There's a lot of people used to float from Big Springs to Donovan. Uh, Two-day trip. Um, just go, you know, go and enjoy. Camp out overnight. That was always a fun thing. So... 
Okay, we're going to talk now. We're going to switch gears a little bit, and thank you for that information. But uh, let's talk about the biology of a smallmouth. Okay, a smallmouth is a creature uh, of habit. It's a creature that likes to ambush its food, Wayne Redbone. Uh, The river smallmouth likes to stage next to some type of cover. Uh, Smallmouth, if it's a cloudy day, they will get out from the deeper darker water depending on the weather uh, and the cloud cover to search its prey whether it's minnows or crawfish maybe even bugs on top of the water so what i've learned about fishing the rivers is you have to adapt with whatever the weather's doing you know cloudy days rainy days i've seen fish scattered all out the river from six inches of water to 25 foot of water so it's understanding where the fish are at during the different changes of the weather and cloud cover uh river fishing is an art it really is and we're using spinning rods and bait casters and all these new lures and stuff and let me tell you the river fishermen that compete in the crsa the current river smallmouth association and the river masters elite series i promise you could win a tournament on any given day. These guys are that good. And a lot of these river fishermen, they understand the behavior of the smallmouth. They know where they're laying. They know what lure to throw to get them to bite. The thing I had to learn about river fishing, the current river, the water is a lot faster than current river as a whole, mm-hmm. as a tributary. <clears throat> on the Jack's Fork, you'd have slower hose. Now, you have slow hose on current river. But what you will find also in extremely hot, sunny weather, with the barometrics changing, the smallmouth like to get into the current. The current creates more oxygen, but also the current has ambush sites for them to stage behind rocks, logs, whatever it may be. And that water generally would be a little cooler than than the old deep slow holes, too. It is. It is cooler. Yes, yes that's, that's a lot of it, too. It's a little cooler. More more oxygen. Those fish don't get stressed as bad. Yeah. A lot of fish right now, uh, most of the fish have spawned out. The south spawned. What they do, and Rick, explain the spawning process to our listeners real quick. Mm, okay. They usually, um, April, depending on the water clarity and stuff, they'll, they'll start to pair up. They'll move out of the deeper holes around. They like to get in stagnant water, uh, more or less current areas. Um, the males will move in and make beds and stuff. And then usually the females around the full moon in April, May will move in. If the water, you know, it's not up and muddy and stuff, they'll move in and, and spawn. And they'll spawn sometimes more than once. Okay. Explain to our listeners about the spawn, what the spawn definition of spawn is? Uh, the males will make beds. Um, the females will come in and lay her eggs. Then the males will turn around and cover the eggs with sperm. And uh, then the males, the, the females will usually leave within a day or so. And then the males will stay around and guard the nest till the fry uh, hatch and kind of get, I don't know, good enough size to kind of swim around a little on their own. And and it's it's a constant fight with all of the predator fish, turtles, etc. Okay. out there trying to eat this fry, correct, Rick? 
bluegill, fry, uh, turtles, and uh, other predator fish, goggle eye. They will eat yeah, the smallmouth red bottom. Wayne. It's a constant battle for them to get raised. Yeah, think about that. And I, and, and I, I don't mean to switch gears here, but I was thinking about how rough it is for them to survive just like a wild turkey. You know, I raised tame turkeys, and I lost another one of my hens actually yesterday. Uh, most of my turkeys usually live to four or five years old in a pen. We feed them every day and water them every day and treat them. Now think about the wild turkey living for five to seven years, the gobblers and hens, and think about these fish living to be 10, 15 years old. You know, on the Jack's Fork, according to studies, for a fish to be 12 inches, correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, and I know you study this too, it takes anywhere from three to five years to grow a 12-inch smallmouth. Sure is. They're they're not a fast growing fish, especially in our Ozarks here in Arkansas, Missouri. Now, when they get to a certain size, do the smallmouth and and I know it, it seems like I read somewhere where catfish do they will gain about an inch a year. Yeah, once they once they get up, usually above the thirteen to fourteen, they they're they'll they grow pretty good in that. 12 to 13 inch range, 14 inch range, 15, and then and then once they get to that 18 inch, they really slow down, but they get big by then. Yeah. So now that we've talked about bio- by that size. Now that we've talked about biology, we're going to go to a break. We come back. We're going to talk about tackle that we use and strategies that we use to catch these smallmouth. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're listening to my good buddy, Mr. Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Accurate, deadly, dependable, Hornady ammunition. From a two-man operation in 1949 to a world-leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady, each piece is hand-inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly, simply put, the best. Hornady Ammunition. Find Hornady Ammunition at a retailer near you and at Hornady.com. Buck Grits presents Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors Final segment of the show uh, Radio show It's flying It's flying It's been great information It's very informative uh, For anybody that's wanting to become a fisherman on the current river Or any of the river's 11 points uh, Big Piney, Little Piney, Gasconade, Merrimack uh, 11 points, uh, White River uh, You can get some information right here from all of us And also uh, Mr. Rick York, this guy is a master when it comes to catching smallmouth. Uh, how many wins, real quick, and I know you don't like to brag, Rick, but how many first-place wins do you think uh, you have as a a smallmouth fisherman here in the Ozarks? Oh, I don't know. In the 20, 20 to 25-plus years, probably, I'd say 10. 
10 first place wins. And you and Kenny, you actually won Anglers of the Year several times, didn't you? Uh, me and Kenny won it one, one time, and me and Ray Roberts won it one time. Been Angler of the Year twice. And, and what that is, everybody, it's the person with the most pounds through all the series of tournaments throughout the year. And the Classic Championships, how many times have you won that? And let me explain that before you answer that. The Classic Championships, you have to qualify in a top-five tournament of the CRSA to fish the Classic Championships, which is usually held in uh, October. And how many times have you guys won the Classic? I think only twice. We was second and third a lot of times, but I think we only won it twice. I think me and Ray won it one time, and I think, uh, me and Kenny won it one time. Well, that that's Everything. good. Oh, I've never won. <laughs> I've never won the classic with any of my partners. Uh, maybe this is mine in your year. I hope it is. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. With that being said, let's talk about lures and strategies. Uh, Fisher, most of them are spotted out. Uh, what are baits that you suggest to throw, and why should we throw these baits? Explain it to our listeners. Right now, I'd say uh, small worms, stinkos, four-inch stinkos, uh, small curl tail worm, three-inch worm, uh, Texas rig, light sinkers, eighth ounce, three-sixteenths at the most, uh, giffets, two jigs. Um, you can throw spinnerbait some. It's a little early in the year yeah, for that early. yet, but usually it's in the warmer weather. Some top water. Uh, Jerk baits, uh, the flukes. That's kind of a there. Is these fish come off from spawning and stuff? They they usually are about a week or so that they kind of just don't bite real good, and they're just looking for an easy meal. They just they're just they're just tired, so they're they're looking for something slow moving, not real aggressive. So. Yeah, Rick, I, I was going to ask a question, and I think you just answered it. And, and when you started your answer to the last question, it was small worms, small lures. So my question was going to be, why small stuff this time of the year? But then you answered that at the end, because I guess that's what's most readily available is those fries that have just hatched. And not just the smallmouth fries, but all the other fish are spawning mm-hmm. this time of the year, too. Yeah, so I guess the that, that's, the, that's the easiest prey, isn't it? from hatching in the spring. Uh, of course, your minnows and stuff are all small. And yeah, that's that's usually why. Then you can progress to a little bigger baits as the as the year goes on. Probably just get bigger, probably get bigger, whatever. Minnows. The easy the easy prey bait in the spring is gone. Yeah, this <clears throat> I'll say the river fishing, all this that you guys are talking about is all new to me because I've in uh, you know, coming from Cleveland, all my smallmouth fishing was done on Lake Erie. So, and any river fishing that I did do with for smallmouth, I did fly fishing for. So, I'm just wondering now, Rick, you were talking about slow moving uh, baits and that. Do you find a lot of people fly fish for smallmouth up here, you uh, know, down here, or no? They do on they do on the upper river quite a bit. Okay, and everything. I they I, down here we used. To, I mean, my mom used to fly fish. Mom and dad both used to fly fish. Uh, and caught some good smallmouth doing that. But, but for, for tournament wise, nobody does that. Doing that anymore. No, okay. nobody turn, uses fly rods. Um, no, no, I'm saying, but they don't have. Do they have fly fishing tournaments here for no. smallmouth? No. At all? no, okay. It's a great question though, because there is fly fishermen listening to our show. Uh, I want to say mm-hmm. this: uh, this time of the year, uh, 
what type of water do people need to look for and to target to catch these fish right now this time of the year, in your opinion? Then I'll share my opinion. You go first, Rick. Um, I I would say transition water, not not the super fast water, but not the not really the slow spawning water. Now there there will be some fish still hanging around the spawning water. This real slow kind of what we call largemouth water, but uh, those fish just they're they're starting to get out and move around to get hungry. So they're, they're, they get along the current seams uh, where the water, fast water meets the slow water. They love to ambush uh, bait in those areas. Yeah, I, I would agree with you that they're in the transition water. I think uh, if you find any super deep swift water, what you got to keep in mind, if it's a deep drop-off, uh, the swift water is going to roll up above the fish so they can stage underneath that swift water where it's calm. And what they do, they sit there on ambush waiting for insects or uh, a hurt minna, uh, uh, even little snakes or worms mm-hmm. coming by, and they reach up and grab them. So what you got to do is keep in your mind, uh, if you was a fish, where would you be staging to ambush something to eat? That's what I, I focus on and I share with people and what I focus on when I fish. So ambush sites, target, 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 target. Uh, I agree with you on all the baits uh, and the type of water that we need to be fishing. Uh, what I want to say here, we got about a minute and a half left. <clears throat> These smallmouth, that takes so long for them to grow 12 inches. It's, 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 it's something here in the Ozarks. And... I support catch and release, and, and, you know, it's everybody's right to keep a mess of fish, smallmouth, if they want to. That's their prerogative. That's that's legal. Mm-hmm. If you want to keep six smallmouth, that's your – but if you do keep six, what I ask you, please let the old fish live. The bigger fish live. Turn them – turn it back. The best eaters are 12 to 15 inches. Let these other fish live so they can grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Not against anybody keeping anything to eat, which I choose not to. Uh, that being said, uh, I also want to mention, I'm changing gears a little bit. You're my witness, and I'm going to plug a sponsor. It's Amped Outdoors Lithium Batteries. And I'm not trying to be a hard sell. This is the truth. Rick has fished many a tournaments with me. Have you ever seen our trolling motor battery run dead? Nope. Never. Never have. Never, never have, have. They've never. They've held up really well in the current. And, and, and you can and run two run trips. <laughs> I, I fished all day long, and my, my meter on my Amped Outdoors meter says that I have 60, 66% left after a day of fishing the current really hard. So if you want a good trolling motor battery, starting batteries, check out the Amped Outdoors batteries. Go to ampedoutdoors.com. I want to say that. And Yeah, and, and let me add to that, folks, and, and – you know, if you're not familiar with the current river, yeah. I mean, you're you're using that trolling motor a lot oh, because the current constant. river, hence the name current, <laughs> you're fishing in the current all the time. So if you want to stay on that hole, you are fighting with that trolling motor, you are fighting that current. So it's not like going to the lake where you just use your trolling motor once in a while just to go from here to there. You know, your boat's going to hold in one spot. On Current River, your boat's not going to hold unless you got something holding it, or if you're going to throw out an anchor. Yeah. And nobody wants to do that. Well, so you're going to use that trolling motor a lot. Yeah. 
the the it, the secret to catching smallmouth on current too is not just the baits. It's positioning yourself and be able to hold yourself where the fish are at. See, in that super swift water, that could be a pocket of calm water back in a pocket back there that's 10 plus foot deep, and that could be where they're at. So if you're out in the current, how are you going to get a cast in there if you don't have something to hold you there? Mm-hmm. You're standing about on that. trolling motors 40 to 60, 70% sometimes. Wow. Exactly. I've had to be on mine sometimes. I've got a Minn Kota 81-pound thrust, uh, 80%, 90% to hold us there. And it's powerful. It will throw you completely out of the boat. Amped Outdoors is the best battery I've ever used in my life. I'll say that. If you're interested in them, if you use our code ARO10, you can get 10% off. You go to ampedoutdoors.com. Buy your onboard charger and batteries. We're going to wrap it up here, everybody. Rick, again, thank you for being a great guest. <coughs> We're going to be doing a part two. We're going to be doing a part two and part three of river smallmouth fishing uh, as we progress here because it's fishing season. It's squirrel season. People squirrel hunting. Baby turkeys are being hatched. Baby deer are hitting the ground. Yep. Uh, we're seeing them everywhere. Uh, baby deer, not a lot of turkeys. I've had reports of seeing baby turkeys. But, uh, again, thank you for your great information. And uh, remember this, everybody. Share the outdoors with a child. It's God's creation. It's our God-given right to hunt his creation. It's up to you and me to all be great stewards of God's land. And always remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do, American joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Amped Outdoors presents Welcome to American Roots Outdoors bonus segment. I'm calling Rick. This is what I got on his answering machine. Rick York, how legends are made. <laughs> he, I tell you what, he is a legend. He, he's very humble. He don't like to brag on nothing, but he, he can catch him, buddy. He, oh, uh, yeah. He, you know, he's a coach, uh, high school coach right. for a fishing team. He uh, is a president of, I think, Northeast Arkansas Bass Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy, he's a true goat. One of the greatest of all time. And he brought up a good point, and that is, if you're new to the river, which I would be new to the river, yeah. I would not say, oh, hey, I'm going to go buy a boat go on the river because I know how to catch them. No, I know nothing about how to catch uh, smallmouth on the river. So, you know, hitting up, you know, someone like Alex or Rick or some or, uh, you know, who's been tearing it up last year, Nicholson's. I mean. Aaron Nicholson yeah, tore uh, the bone out. He uh, won three, three or four of them. Yeah. I mean, of the if seven, you get to somebody. He won King of the River yep. last year. Yep. They won the his and hers, and he won like two or three of the other co- tournaments. Right. Yeah, if you can get to some, get with somebody that knows the not only the body of water but the species that you're trying to catch. Well, here's the deal: he's got a lure a that he won't let nobody see. You can't blame him. <laughs> Says TNT on the side. I mean, <laughs> no, hey, serious, serious, serious. He won't show it to nobody. 
And, and me, I'm, I, I can't blame Aaron. He's winning money. Well, yeah. I wouldn't want Alex Charlie's fishing his lure against him. Pocket full of M80s, I'm telling you. Think about it. And I'm not being arrogant. <laughs> right. I wouldn't want Jack Rutledge to fish fish Aaron's lure against him. Mm-hmm. Troy McAfee, Robbie Williams, that's why he's keeping it hit. Yep. You know? I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of those fishermen, it's at the same level. I mean, they could anybody could win. There's about, I'm going to say there's about six of them. That could win on any, any given any day. Given Saturday, right? The other, the other ones, they win occasionally, but I'm telling you, they're bad to the bone. I tell you what, I learned last year. Rick and I was pre-fishing every week before those tournaments. We would catch them. We'd catch 10, 11, 12 pounds. We go back and fish it. We couldn't catch them. I quit fishing the last two tournaments, pre-fishing. Me and my nephew. We went and fished that day, and we've made the top five in both the last two tournaments. Hmm. No more pre-fishing for me. Why do you think that is? I think my strategy that I, uh, you know, we may have fished on a Wednesday and the tournament's on a Saturday. I think fish have a memory. And maybe conditions changed. I just went back to the same waters where I caught the big ones, couldn't catch them. So I just go there knowing what I need to do now and don't worry about pre-fishing. Almost like a gobbler. I know, you know, what, if I know the gobblers, and, I know the fish are there. Right. I know the gobblers are. I know what I got to do by the way he acts right. and what the weather's doing. It's the same way as smallmouth. Yeah. You know, uh, I love throwing whatever it takes to catch them. Uh, my favorite baits to throw, uh, one of my favorites, is a crankbait, spinnerbait, topwater. Okay. Those are my three favorites. But I love to catch them on downbaits too, but there's, there's something about. Throwing a crankbait when you're feeling that bait work around those rocks and hump over that log, it slows down like maybe a bite, and you got to know the, the difference. Mm-hmm. And that's where good equipment comes in. I don't have any real sponsors or rod sponsors, so I'm not plugging anything I'm using. Yeah. Uh, but I've got good rods and I've got good drills. And when they hit that crankbait, it's like, oh my. Yeah, I would hold you. on. Yeah, there, there's nothing more fun than throwing spinnerbaits. And crankbait, yes. those two things, in my opinion. And with a downbait, you drag like a Senko on a slaughter head. And I use slaughter heads that they give me products to use, and I promote them. Drag a Senko or, or a crawl or uh, a trick worm, whatever. But that's another fun bait to throw is a trick worm. You can see that bait, and I like to throw a pink or a white uh, in, in clear water. And throw it in behind a log or a root wad back in there, and you can watch it in that super clear water. And what I do is I twitch it. And when you twitch it, it like it looks like a snake. So every time you twitch it and let it fall mm-hmm. a bit, twitch it, like oh, it triggers those fish to, to, to give an impulse strike. Yeah. So when they hit it, I'll never forget fishing the King of the River. I'll never forget it. I was fishing up above KOA, and, and Aaron Nicholson was in the hole where I wanted to start, so I had to go above him. To respect him, we don't pull and blow anybody. That's against the rules. If you see somebody fishing a hole, you do not pull and blow them. You go above them. So I, I waited over an hour, and I caught like three 14, 15-inch fish above him there. And I knew these big fish down there where he's at. So I floated in there where he had left. If I'm lying, I'm dying. The first cast, I threw him behind the big root while in the log. 
jerked that chick worm out, and I watched her come up over the log and grab it and caught her on a spinning reel. She weighed 325, and I won Big Bass and the King of the River that day. Wow. I'll never forget <laughs> it. Trick worm. <laughs> a lot of people throw flukes or swim baits, and I love throwing all them, too. Yeah, yeah you know, we're, we're talking during the radio portion of, of yeah. this week's show about fishing different things. You're talking about fishing below the, the, the swift areas. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people do that. I used to like, on, on the creek I fish, to fish on the upside yeah. and cast into the swift water with a spinner bait. And bring and, it and then And then, just, just like you were working, working you know, a jig or something, yeah. and just foot, reel, foot. And it looks like a... It's hurt. hurt it look, looks like a hurt bait or a crawdad just struggling to get out of the current. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hammer. maybe be six, eight, ten inches of water. And you can actually see those those brownies. I call them brownies. <laughs> you can see them coming, Come and boom! And hit that thing. A lot of times they'll they'll break the water when they hit it. They do. And it's like catching large, especially mouth. in the evenings. What I've yes. learned, uh, depending yeah, if it's bright bluebird skies, you, not very often. You, you, a high percentage. Let's see. A low percentage of the time they will be aggressive in a hot sunny days. Yeah. You got to wait for the evening bite. The sun or gets behind the shaded trees. areas where the swifts at. Because it's behind those trees. And, and I really think these older fish, we're talking five, uh, six, ten year old fish, they live in the dark. Oh, yeah. They come out because they're sensitive to the sunlight like a big whitetail. Mm-hmm. Think about it, a big whitetail, he doesn't like to get out in the bright sun. Uh-huh. And they like to stay in the dark, secluded, don't move much. And that's the way these big smallmouth are. And I approach smallmouth fishing just like I do turkey hunting or deer hunting, Wayne, Redbone. I, I want to keep everybody quiet in that boat when I'm slipping in there. Uh, I, I look at that that big bass as if I make the wrong move, that fish ain't going to bite. He's going to leave. He's going to hide. It's the same way with the turkey deer. Yeah, my uncle used to say if the fish can see you, you probably ain't going to catch it. You're right. 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 And that technique you were just talking about was something that I used to use for speckled trout, casting up of the thing and then letting it go, go down, bring it up, let it go down, mm-hmm. bring it up. Yeah, you know, drift it, 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 right? Like it was struggling yeah, to get upstream. We call it swinging. We call okay. it swinging. Let the bait swing. And, yeah. and one lure, and I'm excited to get in the boat with Alex. To, is I've never seen before until I went fishing with you a couple years mm-hmm. ago, and that was a uh, what do you call it? a tube bait. Two baits, yeah. Never, never in my life oh, have I seen them. So I'm they thinking to myself, if I get a handful of them two baits, I could need to take that up to Lake Erie and see how they respond to those oh, things they, because they they've never them. seen them up oh, there. Yeah, they fish them all the time now. I see the articles on it up there. Okay, because yeah. yeah, that was never they something we had up there. Eat them. Two baits is they emulate uh, different things, but if you use a dark color like a brown, or orange, dark mm-hmm. green, green pumpkin, it emulates a uh, crawdad. But if you use a white color one. It emulates a shad or a minnow or something. Okay. Isn't it amazing, Alex? We can talk about this probably a whole show sometime and might even get uh, the guy I'm going to mention on the show sometime talk about this. Yeah. The way the baits change oh. year after year after year. And let me give a perfect story. Uh, you know Jerry Martin. Oh. Everybody knows Jerry Martin. Grew up oh, yeah. here in Thayer. He's a goat. Yeah. Well, his I used to work with his brother, Bill. He was yeah. the engineer at yeah. K-Country 95 Radio for years and years. God rest his soul. Uh Jerry, when he went to work for Bass Pro Shop for Johnny Morris, gave Bill a tackle box full of tackle. And about 10 years later, Jerry came down and said, let's go fishing, Bill. You got any baits? And Bill says, I've got a whole tackle box full you gave me last time he was down. He said, Jerry opened that up and said, oh, you can't catch fish for that stuff. You're like, get some new stuff. <laughs> but, but in, but in, in, I know where you're going with in, it. In eight or 10 years, whatever it had been, Changed. It, it went 
Okay, these lures were catching fish eight years ago. They were the best on the market. Mm -hmm. And now eight years from now, oh, those are trash here. We need to try these. It, it really is amazing how, yeah. how it changes and then recycles. Right. Like Airy Dairies for walleye. In, in the 80s, that was the only thing you could throw when you were fishing walleye tournaments was Airy Dairies. And then in the 90s, people were like, oh, dude. How old is that tackle box? You got an airy dairy in there? You can't catch nothing on that. I'm like, if it caught it 10 years ago, it's still going to catch it today. You know, the new fish are just as a dumb as the of, ones back then. A lot of it's like, depending on how much it's seen. Pitt, these river smallmouth get pressured. Everybody, thank you again for listening to our show. This is part one of a three-part series. Maybe four parts. We don't know yet. Well, maybe all summer season. long. All summer. I'm, I'm smallmouth fishing, man. Uh, we're sharing tactics of what's going on. We're going to be sharing the results from the CRSA, the RMES. If you want to become a member of RMES, uh, go to our Facebook page, private message me. You can become a member even though you don't fish it. Help us uh, raise money so we can do good things in our communities. Again, thank you for listening. Share the outdoors and always remember. Hey, I also want to plug in that if yeah. uh, CR CRSA has a great Facebook page. So if you need to know yes, the tournament to schedule yeah. or how, you know, weigh-ins weigh and stuff like that. And RMS. Oh, yes. Yep. Check yeah. out their Facebook pages. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like we say here at American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong. There's no reason to fear the wind. They ain't down. We'll be waiting when they hit the ground. Big time coming, it's what we do. From a whipper wheel to an old house who sitting still till it's time to shoot. American roots. Take it to a holler. Take it to a field. Across a creek of a big old. Gotta win.